Welcome to the Bike Talk with Dave podcast. I'm your host, Dave Mabel, and I have a special treat for you this week because I am joined by my lovely bride and one of the world's greatest tandem partners, Dee Mabel. Hey, Dee, how you doing? I am doing good, Dave. Nice intro. Thank you. <laughs> you bet. You bet. Today we are talking about, uh, this is a travelogue. We're going to do a slideshow of our vacation. I'm sure you will love that. No, actually, we're doing a recap of the Rattlesnake Gravel Grind in Sweetwater, Texas, March, what was the date, 25th? Yeah, I think it was. March 25th. So, Dee, how was your trip to Sweetwater? Sweetwater is Sweetwater. It was, like, out in the middle of nowhere, I think. I don't know Texas, but I think it was out in the middle of nowhere. And then we pull up to this campground where the whole Rattlesnake Gravel Grind is taking place and ran into a bunch of people camping and spent the next two days there for a whole weekend experience super great event uh kudos to david king um and his crew oh my gosh the volunteers there were um like top notch like everyone had a smile on their face all the time and they like catered to everyone's needs uh super friendly great music great food uh great beverages sunshine it was super fun it was. It was really great vibe at the Sweetwater Lake campground where everything was happening. And holy cow, the food was awesome. Uh, we kind of missed the breakfasts, but the dinners were not advertised. And the dinners were amazing. The Sweetwater JCs made up awesome fajitas on Friday night and some of the best brisket you've ever had on Saturday night. And these awesome beans true statement the green beans were fabulous but the brisket oh my gosh they just brought in these big chunks of meat and just chip chopped everything up and everyone was going crazy over the food yeah super good yep so d how is the how did the race play out we rode tandem we did the uh they call it the rattlesnake 60 but it was 65 miles but uh, but nonetheless there was a 110 miler which we'll talk about in a minute but uh how'd you find that race d we did the uh, 65 miler on tandem and how did it start out? How did it go for you? Well, the nice thing about it is that we pre-rode, um, obviously, on Friday, like 25 or 30 miles, which sounds like a long pre-ride, but it was like a beautiful day, and why not ride your bikes? Um, so we had no idea what we were getting into when we went down there, and then on the pre-ride, oh my goodness, all kinds of terrain. Like, we'd go through ranches, people would open up their ranches, um, which is just crazy. You're like... I mean, it was kind of a not just, we're used to Iowa gravel, and it wasn't Iowa gravel. It was like going through ranches on, it could be a mountain bike race. It was a little bit of Schwamigan. It was a little bit of Leadville. It was a little bit of gravel, a tiny bit of road, and it was all mixed whatever. The best part um, for us, I mean, selfishly, was that our son also did the 30-miler. So the best part of, like, my day, our day, was starting out at 7.30, and it was like, oh my goodness, 43 degrees? Woo, a little bit chilly. Um, but we all, everybody got to roll out. 30, 65, and 115 all got to roll out together, so that was like, we were giddy about that, starting with Ryan. And so, um, it was that was super fun. We knew what to expect because we rode it uh, beforehand, part of it, and so it was a great start. Sun coming up. I mean, it was perfect. It was great. 
It was gorgeous and uh, finally warmed up on that first climb. I don't know, maybe eight or ten miles in. Um, what were the conditions at the top of that hill? And it was glorious. <laughs> <laughs> it was glorious. We went, I don't even know what direction we were going. I think east. And oh boy, did we have a tailwind or what? We were flying. Yeah, we were flying. You're right, it was a tailwind. Uh, there was definitely wind that day. There was a wind storm the day before, which tells you a little bit about how windy it was there in Texas. But I think they were 30 mile an hour winds plus on Friday. And then on Saturday, I don't know, 20, 25. I don't know if it got I to 30. It was a windy, windy day. The wind was the challenge of the day for sure. Um, but then if it was 100 degrees and no wind, the heat would have been the challenge. So all in all, I mean, it was a great day. It was. The wind was awesome as we went east, I think and uh, dropped down into a canyon that was gorgeous, Mulberry Canyon, I believe. Uh, Dave King will talk about that in a little while, but uh, down in the canyon lands were just cool. And then of course we hit mile 30, we turned back towards home and began the trek into the wind. First part wasn't bad because there were trees, we were down in the valley, it was okay, and then we had the, the wall. Tell me about the wall. Yeah, we didn't know about the wall, but we had met up with a group of guys that I think were liking us because it was a tailwind and we made some friends. <laughs> and then they all were like, we pity you on the wall, and we're like, the wall? Like, we didn't pre-ride the wall the day before, so we didn't know what was coming, but it was a I mean, it wasn't long. It was super steep. Dave, you could probably say how steep it was, but there was one guy in front of us, Bobby, and we had ridden with him, and we're like, we'll see you at the top, and then we see him at the very top of it, like, get off his bike, and we're like, yeah, we're not doing that. We're riding the whole thing, and then <laughs> we were almost to the top. We almost made it. Lots of people were walking, um, and we were all proud that we're making it, and then we're making it we're making it and there's big chunks on the super steep we're not making it <laughs> so we did have to walk just a tiny bit then got back on to finish to the top and then actually that was the easy part after the wall when you think you're just going to go downhill oh my gosh we stayed up on top of this I mean I guess it's a Texas mountain hill for I mean it seemed like forever someone said 10 miles someone said five miles but Every time you turned a different way, like you were riding under huge uh, windmills and you just thought, okay, this is the last one we're gonna get down. And that was the hardest part of the race. It was just a total mental suck, right? That wind was hard. That wind was hard, but I will say if there's an advantage on a tandem, it's going straight into the wind because you do have the power of two and basically the frontal area of one. So we caught everyone we who past us and um they just hopped right on our wheel yeah, i don't know that they necessarily liked us <laughs> i mean they probably didn't dislike us but they liked our wheel for sure we made friends <laughs> yeah i mean we literally just sat on the front and towed two or three people all the way to well all the way until we missed that turn back into the woods but that wind was the definite character of the race but uh, I don't know, it was awesome. Once we got done with that, we ended up coming back basically the way we came and then, uh, and then got to go around the lake instead of directly back to the, 
uh, Sweetwater Campground, and that was pretty cool going around the lake, wouldn't you say? A little gravel, a little pavement. Yeah, it was nice roads, and yeah, it was reminding us of different races we've done and our lifespan, and it was kind of fun to reminisce, but you're also in the point of the race where you're like, you're like yeah, like I wonder what, how much longer we have to go. You know what, like at every, I don't even know if it was 10 miles, it even seemed like more, there was like, it seemed like everybody had a white truck, but a white pickup truck and then aid stations in so many different places that if it was blazing hot, like I'm sure those people were lifesavers to a lot of people. We did not stop anytime, but if you ever needed water, you had the opportunity like every 10 miles. Again, those volunteers were like top notch and, you know, always reaching out for something. And we were talking with a friend after the race and he's like, oh yeah, I had a hot dog or a bratwurst at this one aid station. We're like, what? <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't stop. Not that we wanted a hot dog or a bratwurst, but I guess they were serving up some good stuff too at some of them. So yeah, it was a fun, it was a good end to the race. Then we came through the back end of the campground. And for us, it was again, super sweet. Our son had already finished, but like he and uh, his wife, Morgan and their dogs were like there at the finish line. So, I mean, for us, that's like as good as it gets. Yep, and then get done. Uh, victors of the tandem division in the 65 miler. I will say that's kind of a joke because there were no other tandems. Uh, but it was a very good tandem course. Yeah, I think we did. Yeah, we, it was a good race for us. For sure. Yeah, I mean, a little bit mountain bikey here and there, but if you've got a rock solid tandem, like, highly recommend putting that race on your list. I'm not going to say we were sad we didn't do the 110, or we were actually happy we did not do the 110 <laughs> because of the wind, but uh, whether you do the 30, the 60, or the 110, like, it's a great tandemable course. So load your tandems up, folks, and head on out there. Tire choice was perfect. We had 42s on, and um, uh, they were, they were, I mean, they were perfect overall, for sure. I mean, there were times we could have used a fatter tire and times we could have had a road tire on. But uh, for the most part, they took uh, took the beating, uh, kept us going through loose gravel, loose rock, and uh, rock and rolled on the hard pack as well. So good tire choice. You know what? So uh, you can keep talking races, but I was just thinking of another perk of the whole thing. Oh, my gosh. We got some sweet um, rattlesnake gravel grind uh, T-shirts, water bottles. Um, oh, my gosh. Tell them about your favorite thing. So much swag. I was just getting there. My favorite thing. Well, our goal when we were in Austin visiting our kids was, oh, I hear they're giving away 100 cowboy hats. But, I mean, there's 200 and some close to 250 people like oh I hope we win I hope we win well um after the race we all went and showered and stuff and then we came back we're like we should go over you know where the little headquarters was and um you had to do a drawing for a hat and like all we all lucked out and got cowboy hats so we rocked our Texas cowboy hats the rest of the day <laughs> it was super fun <laughs> so we had a great time and I will say like the whole weekend was awesome support you didn't have to pay for camping that was included the food was included the cowboy hats were included a water bottle the ride friday the warm-up ride was supported we had volunteers out on the course 
giving out water. We had a follow truck making sure we all got home. Like on it was Friday, just a, on the pre-ride. Yeah, that was pretty incredible. Like we looked back the last few miles, um, and we're like, that truck's been following us for a long time. Oh yeah, that's like support truck like all the way back on the pre-ride which was like a 25 or 30 mile ride but like oh my goodness so nice um and then i think they had a ride on sunday for folks that weren't taking off we in fact did get going but i think they had another ride for folks on uh sunday so for sure a lot of bang for your buck like that was a that was a great weekend that was a great weekend so uh to wrap up our little thing um it was an awesome tandem ride and it really a great excuse for a trip to Texas, trip to Sweetwater, and uh, get some really sweet gravel. I met some good friends who I think we'll stay in touch with for oh, a long yeah. time. We should talk about one of the other highlights for us was speaking of breakfast, we met some fun friends, um, Brian and Hillary and uh, Christian. Well, Brian and Hillary from Georgia, Christian from Texas, but. Um, Oh my gosh, Brian and Hillary stayed in town and, and came up with some awesome breakfast sandwiches and burritos from uh, Whataburger. <laughs> it was rocket fuel and it was fun to ride with them. We rode with those guys Friday and Saturdays. It was a real treat. Yep, and then fun to hang out with them for uh, the weekend, listening to music, and hopefully keep in touch for a long time. Yep. So the the <laughs> the rest of the podcast, we've got, uh, of course, I ran around with my microphone talked to the 110 winners uh justin mcquery won the whole thing uh five, five hours 21 minutes and 50 seconds he basically had to out sprint austin uh, whittington and uh came in just six seconds ahead of him and emily newsome who's a, a texas girl she won the women's race and came in fifth overall five hours four, 54 minutes and her husband James did the 60 miler and came in in just under four hours. So the two of them were having fun and she's on a new team, which is cool. But I had the opportunity to talk to both Justin and Emily after the race. I also talked to um, uh, Christian, whom you'll meet after that, and ran into four dudes from Mexico and a dude from Texas, which was fun. Uh, you'll hear that. We sat around uh, e eating eating um, brisket, and uh, they might have been drinking tequila, I think, maybe, and uh, talked to the guy who was doing the race timing and announcing, whose name I do not remember right now, but he, he will tell you, uh, and that's kind of funny that I don't remember his name, and you'll see why when you listen. So we'll wrap it all up with a chat from David King. So, why don't you pour yourself a cup of chain and spoke coffee and enjoy these conversations from the Rattlesnake Gravel Grind. Oh, you know who else I talked to, Dee? Who? Speaking of Rattlesnake Gravel Grind, I talked to a dude who's been, uh, I don't know, what do you call it? R r roping? No, rattling? Rounding up? Rustling? Rustling rattlesnakes? For 45 years. He's been catching rattlesnakes for 45 years and it's an annual thing they do the rattlesnake population is so huge in that part of texas that to protect livestock and humans i guess they go throughout the kind of the ranch lands and the countryside and round up rattlesnakes to keep the population in check so 
they do a darn good job of that and we'll talk to a dude who has done that for 45 years and you'll want to tune in to see whether or not he's been bit so with that get yourself a cup of chain and spoke coffee and enjoy the show emily's got like 50 more miles <laughs> no doubt so, you know she's only uh, yeah like 50 35. miles or 55 miles i was like oh man i'm almost done Oh wow, she's. I'm only glad halfway. I'm not Emily. She's only halfway. Yeah, no doubt. That Even was it was, was a hard. Like three miles ahead of me. <laughs> uh, she didn't. You didn't pass him, did you? Oh, she started off as soon as the gun went off. Well, no, I mean coming home. Oh no no no! I just no. finished my. No. Huh? <laughs> no, some guys got he passed give by the. Self credit. He's very strong. Yeah, I believe it. Look at those legs. You still shave your legs, man. Those are. Legit racing legs right there. Well, they're getting there. <laughs> awesome. Emily Newsom. Uh, congrats on your big win today. What brings you to Texas? I love that you're here. Well, um, I actually live in Fort Worth with my husband and my daughter. And then um, I've been to Sweetwater for their Beat the Streets event and heard about their uh, rattlesnake gravel grind and wanted to come do it. And, yeah, so we're here really enjoying it. What you think? I loved it. The course is it's very hard. It's really challenging, but there's so much variety. Um, and I think like just the technical aspect of it is really fun and challenging. I like that. It was certainly not boring. You always kind of kept on your toes and it made time pass faster because there was just always something new coming up. So all in all, yeah, it was great. It made time pass faster until after that big climb coming onto the ridge and then we were into the wind for an eternity. Yeah, after the climb, um, I had been in a pretty good group, and then it ended up being three of us, and then just two of us. Um, but thankfully, he, the guy I was with, is he had a very good draft, and he was also very strong. So I, I helped, but it was really nice to have him with me, because yeah, that was brutal going into the wind for so long. It was brutal. My wife and I are in a tandem, ah, and a rule is nice. never let go of the wheel of a tandem, and people we caught never let go of the wheel of a tandem that's for sure i believe it yeah. well that's amazing well it was we were chugging heading uh i don't even know what direction that was but it was definitely into the wind it was uh, hard west maybe i was trying I really to watch no which idea. way it was coming from but yeah yeah i really have no idea you go you went up that hill and i'm thinking okay are we ever going to go back down, or are we just going to stay up here where the wind is? Like, right. This is like where they got the wind farms going on. Like, this is uh, on a day like today, this is where you don't want to be on a bike. It was a good day to own a wind farm, that's for sure. That is for sure. I think they made a profit today. So, you, I'm trying to think, and, for, and forgive me, but uh, did you do Lifetime last year? Yes, I did do Lifetime last year. Okay, so you're familiar with both Leadville and Schwamigan? I didn't race Leadville last year because I was just back from the Tour de France. But oh, that's too bad. Yeah, right? <laughs> right. Um, but, yes, Please. I did Schwamigan. Okay, so Schwamigan, uh, that was so, well, you had half of it that was kind of normal. Um, I felt like today was one-third Iowa gravel, one-third Schwamigan fire roads, and one-third mm. Leadville, like, rocky mountain bike climbs. So, I don't know. Have you ever done Leadville? No, but that's. I'm, I'm glad to hear that because that helps me understand what it will be like at least a little bit. Yeah, those rocky climbs are Leadville. Okay. Yeah, okay, for got sure, it. For sure, Good to for know. Sure. Uh, you looking forward to the uh, lifetime? Yeah, I am. I'm excited. Yeah, for sure. I think 
I'm not entirely sure yet, but I may skip Unbound to focus on Nationals. So really, it's just going to be mostly the last half of the season that I'll be really focused on it. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see what I can do. Yeah, you kind of race everything. So Nationals what? Uh, time trial will be my uh, main focus. Yeah. All right, nice. It's nice, just nice. really hard. Unbound is two and a half weeks before. It's a completely different effort. And so the last two years, I've done Unbound, then Nationals. And I want to just have a year where I'm able to just focus on the time trial. Yeah, that's kind of the beauty of, and the challenge of that lifetime thing, is the races are so diverse. Yeah. Especially when you mix it in with other stuff, like the freaking Tour de France or National Time Trial Championships, for, for uh, example. Yeah, but actually this year I'm not doing as much as last year, which is good. I was spread really thin last year. I had like over 40 race days. So this year is probably half of that. Nice, nice. Uh, and on a new team. And I want to have you on for a full-length thing, but uh, Roxo, Megan Eastler is a good friend of ours. Oh, very uh, cool. We're Des Moines folks, so uh, uh, kind of excited about this new program this year. Yeah, it's it's exciting. There's a lot of enthusiasm in the um, uh, management and the ownership. They're, they're really excited to see what they can do with this team and how far they can take it. And the riders are all very um, talented, hardworking, strong. So yeah, I, I agree with you. It's exciting to see where it'll go. Yeah, awesome. Well, congrats on your win today. Do you know your time? I don't know. I think I finished around 1.30 though. I can't remember what my time was. 1.30, so that'd be six hours. Yeah, okay, Give or take, yes. give or take, yeah. That's a nice day. Six hours, 110 miles. That's almost freaking 20 miles an hour. How did you do that? Uh, good group. Yeah, that's Yeah, yeah, that was key. Having a good group. What's heavy do? What's he's? Wh what was your time today? I don't know. It was just under four hours, I think. Oh, dude, you're cooking. Um, that was hard to do. We were like 4:30 and had to earn all of that for yeah. sure. So I'm, I'm not sure what my time was, honestly. Yeah, four hours is close enough, right? <laughs> About that. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Not 20 miles an hour. I think we averaged maybe maybe 17. Yeah. Did it feel hard though? Uh, sometimes. But it was more like the technical aspect, because I think he's, this is like his third gravel event ever, so. Oh, wow. It's new for him. Yeah. Are you roadie or mountain bike? Road. Road, yeah. Yeah, so like the technical stuff, I would get gapped. Every time we'd go through a corner or something, I would get gapped and then have to. This was legit technical. This was like mountain biking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, cool. I sure hope it was, because <laughs> it sure as hell felt like it. <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> well, thanks tons for your time. Yeah, Congrats, and we'll talk to you again. Sounds good. Thank you. Yep, you bet. Uh, bike Talk with Dave is the, the podcast. Uh, what's your favorite podcast? Bike Talk with Dave. <laughs> <laughs> boy. I am here with the winner of the uh, Rattlesnake Gravel Grinder 110. Dude, 110 miles is a long freaking ways. You got salt all over your jersey, by the way. You need to shower. I, I do need to shower, yes. Uh, tell me your name and where you're from. Uh, I'm Justin McQuarrie. I live in Austin, Texas. Oh, uh, you're Austin boy. Yep. Attaboy. Yes, Attaboy. Yep. We love Austin. Austin, we've decided, uh, is right now we're in Sweetwater. We are in Texas. Yes, yes we are. Yeah, no. And when you're in Austin, you're in Austin. 100%. Yes. <laughs> Correct. Austin's, Austin's our own little bubble. Yeah, it I is. Like Actually, we just found some freaking great roads to ride on west of Briggs, Texas, just north of Austin. Oh, my gosh. Awesome yeah. roads. Yeah. Awesome no, roads. I, oh, man. Like, the, the greater Austin loop has some, some of the best riding. I grew up uh, a couple hours north of Austin um, in Lorena, so a lot of those back roads are very... Uh, 
uh, awesome. Uh, awesome, very, very, uh, uh, what's, I've ridden them a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Prolific, is yeah. that the right word? Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. I'll I go with that. Vocabulary's yeah. at zero right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. 110 miles, like, that was a long day. Um, first of all, what was your time? Where'd you come in? Uh, I think it was, like, just under five and a half hours. Uh, it was a pretty, pretty quick day. We were How, like, we were out there, we did the 60-miler. Dude, coming home was brutal. All we could say on the way home is, thank God we're not doing the 110. How was it coming home? It Basically, the whole last half of the race was into a headwind or into a crosswind, and we were we were working for it. We had a we had a pretty good lead group, um, four or five guys. Uh, we were working really well together. I think I may have been the tallest person in that lead group, so I, I the, was the I favorite. Was, uh, un, I I don't know if I was the favorite. I don't think I was pulling quite as strong as a lot of the other guys, but it was the only thing I could do to stay with these these guys that were moving. Um, but. Yeah, we were just getting blasted by the winds the, the whole day. Yeah, that was that was definitely hard. Where did you pull away? Like, how how is the wind secured for you? So the so we had four of us coming into that uh, that steep climb with about 20 miles to go, um, and myself and Austin, who finished second, uh, rode away from the third and fourth place riders on the climb. On the climb, yeah, um, and then on the top of the climb, the two of us worked together pretty much all the way to the finish, um, and. At that point, he uh, he tried to attack a couple times. I did. I followed. Just sat on. I was kind of gunning for a sprint, and uh, there was a little tactical misstep um, coming into the coming into the finish, um, and I, I kind of took advantage of it and uh, ended up getting how, the win that way. Like how far away? Where was that? Uh, that last turn, so what three, oh, four, really? four hundred meters to go. Oh, um, nice. It was like right in the finishing stretch. Did you guys blast through that water? We uh, we did, yeah. We were moving. The moto was right with us, and kind of like just water and chaos everywhere. But we were full gas at that point. That's awesome. Um, so I see the little disc on your left arm, um, and you are riding for Team Novo Nordisk. Uh, all the guys on that team. Uh, have type 1 diabetes, don't they, including yourself? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, all of the athletes on Team Open Nordisk um, have type 1 diabetes. Myself, uh, like I was saying earlier, diagnosed 25 years ago. Um, and I do have a continuous glucose monitor on me so I can see my, what my blood sugar's at at kind of any point in the day. And technology's really made managing diabetes a lot more simple. In the, in the recent past, technology's good and it's very accessible. Um, so if you can get it, it's, uh, it, it makes, makes doing events like this very, uh, very manageable. Yeah, let me ask you about that. Like, what are you watching and then how do you manage that? It's like, oh, time for a goo or, or what? Like, how do you manage that on a five and a half hour ride? So most of my nutrition plan is uh, designed without diabetes to even think about. Like, I still need a, I'm still an athlete and I still need to uh, hydrate and fuel my body so that I can perform at the, the level I need to perform at. Um, and then I'm just making sure my glucose is in range uh, to so that I can eat when I need to eat and um, my blood sugar is not going down when I want it, when I don't want it to be going down. Um, having a CGM, see, being able to see what your glucose is helps a lot with that. Um, but a lot of it goes on the field too. Like once you have, uh, when you've had diabetes for any amount of time, you kind of, kind of know what things feel like and you just kind of make sure you're you're where you need to be glucose-wise so they can perform. You guys are on, uh, you're a UCI pro team. Later, yep. bro. Good. See you, Doug. Good job. Likewise. And UCI has not said that uh, those glucose monitors, continuous glucose monitoring is legal yet in the 
uh, UCI racing and the Pro Peloton. How do you manage it in races like that? So the there is a lot of gray area and controversy around the uh, C, the use of CGMs in UCI races. As someone with diabetes, um, I'm, I am allowed to. I have to, there's a, an exception oh, for that great. because there is medical uh, uh, proof and evidence that great. supports this. It's it, it is definitely a tricky scenario. It's like we don't. Like, I think it's just more more access to data is not a bad thing. Right, um, right, right. And we're just trying to. Like, especially for someone with diabetes, we just want to make sure we're able to compete and perform at the same level. For right? sure. It makes total sense that there's a medical exemption for somebody with diabetes competing at that level. The races are long. <laughs> like, you've got to manage your freaking blood yeah. sugar. you got to manage yeah. your food. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that it should be allowed for everybody? Is that an unfair advantage for somebody who doesn't have diabetes and doesn't have to watch that? But benefits from watching that i mean what's your thought on that that's a that's an interesting question i i'm not going to say no to anyone getting technology but unfortunately if there's a rule in place like we have to still abide by those right um i think this is more of a question for the uci and figuring out what what they want to do but it's kind of only time will tell right (laughs) nice deflection i appreciate that of course (laughs) all right what's up next for you uh, next up is the Redland Stage Race uh, in California in three weeks. Um, we've got a big road race block coming up. Uh, Redlands uh, Redland Stage Race. Uh, two weeks later, I've got the Tour of the Gila in, in New Mexico. And three weeks after that, I'll do Joe Martin Stage Race in Arkansas. Oh, awesome. I see you, Joe Martin. Yep. All right. Uh, congrats on the victory today. Thank great you. freaking hard day, man. That was a great race. What do you think of the course? I love this course. It's a good mix of gravel, like some technical, uh, not gravel, like kind of mountain biking sections and road as well. A little bit of everything. I, I love it. It's yeah. Great event. I'll be back next year for sure. Awesome. Bring your friends. Will do. What's your name? Where are you from? Uh, my name is Christian Alvarez Crivellaro. I'm from Argentina, but I live in Fort Worth, Texas. So my impression of the route it's a beautiful place, beautiful route, great views, lots of wind today. Yeah, I was going to say, now where the views the were beautiful, it was super freaking hard, wasn't it? How'd you find that ridge? It was a hard 60 or 100K for sure, I mean, yeah. because of the wind. Otherwise, the route's cool, and the fact that you get to ride through private property, it's a unique experience that you don't get to do around here, so it's totally worth it. What was your favorite section of the course? Um, I will have to say... <laughs> Probably right before the second big climb, before you get to the to the windmills, there's like a, a couple of like rocky ledges, and it's kind of like you know through the ranch. I guess I, don't, I couldn't tell if we were in a ranch or a, a service road for the windmills, but that was it. I think that is David King, the organizer. I think that's his dad's property. Okay, which is kind of cool. It is cool. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So yeah, right before that second big big, big climb, that was cool. Yeah. How was that big climb? Doable. If you don't lo- if you don't lose your back tire like I did, did you make it up? I lost the tire twice, but you know, twice. get back on it until you made it. Nice, you know, yeah. nice. And then we were greeted by a beautiful headwind at the top. Yeah, that was a great 10, 12 miles of pure, pure, <laughs> pure headwind. No Just doubt. Just head down and power up. All right, uh, this is on. Uh, hey, I'm sitting here with a bunch of dudes from Mexico, right? Is that right? Mexico, San Luis Potosí. I'm, I'm from Dallas, not him. <laughs> Where are you from? What are you drinking? Wait. Mezcal, do you want some? No, dude. Real good mezcal. Uh, 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 that sounds dangerous to me. The cup's coming. All right, all right. Uh, how was your day today? Well, it was windy. Oh Very windy. Oh, my gosh, it was so windy. But it was great. It was great. It's a good, it uh, was a great ride. 
It was tough, but it was fun. A lot of fun. Do you currently live in Mexico? Yes, yes, yes. We live in Mexico. We came. We we drove 17 hours to get here. Oh my! Where do you live in Mexico? San Luis Potosí. I don't know. Right nowhere. in the center of Mexico, four-hour drive north of Mexico City. What brought you here? Uh, well, the real reason is that this guy works a lot in the summers and he cannot do the unbound. Oh, so okay. he was looking for 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 a race to 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 be before the summer. So he told us, hey, there's this race in Texas, let's go. And we saw the race, and here we are. Awesome. All right, you guys live in Mexico? Yes, yes. Uh, what's, right your, what's your name? Mauricio. And you're from the same place? Uh, uh, how do you say what's your name? Como te llamas? Como te llamas? Mauricio Medellín. Muy uh, bien? No, that's... Uh, yeah, muy bien. Muy bien? Okay, okay. Gracias. Yeah, I don't know. Do you speak English? Yes, I do. Uh, what's your name? Kaku. I'm Kaku. And you guys all live in the same place? Yeah. Yes. Okay. And you guys must ride a lot. Oh, yeah. We love it. Yeah? We do it. Uh, gravel? Like gravel, 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 and mountain bike. And mountain bike? How's yeah. the uh, mountain biking down in uh, Mexico? It's hard. Hard? hard. Yeah. Uh, because? Because of the terrain, you know? We live up in the mountains, so we have a lot of tracks to go around in the mountains. Yeah, a lot of rocks. Rocks, a lot yeah, of a lot rocks. Of yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so, how did you find the course today? Very, very nice, very friendly, very fast, but the wind was, you know, the, the butt. <laughs> uh, the wind was the character of the day, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. sure. Like, we were, we were riding flat, or, I don't know, uh, 10, 11 miles per hour, flat. We couldn't go harder because of the wind, yeah. Right, right. What bikes did you ride? Uh, I have a light speed. Uh, nice. Yeah, it's a tiny light So, speed. like gravel bikes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We ride, we, we ride uh, gravel bikes, road bikes. Mainly during weekdays, we, we ride road bikes for our training. and It's easier to go, like, uh, to go riding close from home right and then on weekends we we try to to do gravel rides we have to to travel i don't know 20 30 minutes from home to 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 start and get in the countryside for a good gravel yeah dig it um is this your first time riding gravel in the united states uh in the united states yes for us yeah actually we, we we've been doing gravel for not so long like three years two years for so so uh, what's a gravel scene like in mexico well, it's growing a lot. Uh, there's like from two or three years, uh, uh, two or three years ago, they started doing some races. Actually, there, there, there's uh, Belgian waffle in Mexico this year. Really? In wow. October, yes, in Querétaro. And our group, that's called Gravel Mexico, uh, we're hosting a, a race in July, uh, 100 and, and 200 kilometers. 100 and 200 kilometers. Yeah. All right, very cool. That sounds hot in July. Yeah, it's hot, uh, not that windy. Uh, but I mean, we live 6,000 uh, feet above oh, sea level, okay. so it's hot. But then, when the sun uh, sets, it's not hot. Like, yeah, we live in the off. desert, so oh. it gets pretty cool. And 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 it and sunrise is, is cool as well. I bet sunrise is beautiful this morning, wasn't it? Yeah, it was beautiful. It was yeah. beautiful. It was cold. But it was, it was, and, and then it got very hot. It did, it did. Um, 
Do you guys have rattlesnakes in Mexico? Yeah, we have a lot. Are you scared? Were you scared of rattlesnakes here today? Oh, yeah. Yeah? We, we were careful about them. Yeah. yeah. You know? Did you see any on the ride? No, none. No, huh? I, feel I was like... hoping. I was hoping. Yeah. Yep. No, I was hoping not. <laughs> I, I mean, not. I see it from a distance. Yeah. 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 I I wanted, that's I all right. Did you ride today? Yeah, then? we did the short, the 60 mile or 60. Yeah, 60 but, miles. But you you did the the big steep climb in the 60. Yeah. Yep. It's part of the uh, the course. Yeah. What the yeah. hell with that climb? Like, did you make crazy. it? Uh, you have to walk it all? I had to walk the last. Uh, 20 meters. The, the, where it was really loose. Yeah, it was very loose, and I, I saw the truck with a lady over there, and then I was like, okay, I can do it. And I didn't make it. <laughs> nice. Do you make it? No, I had to, I had to walk uh, some sections of it. Yep. Yeah. I haven't gotten your name. What's your name? Anil. And you're the Dallas man. I'm from Dallas. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Are you hosting all these guys? No, no. Oh, I just I, I met I, I met them he, too he, on the course. He's just oh no way! He's drinking mezcal. Oh, oh you're yeah, smart. Exactly. You're the smart one. Yep, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Attaboy, attaboy. Uh, did anybody ride? Did, did you guys ride the steep hill? What's that hill called? I don't know. Hey Dave, what's that hill called? Like the complete. The steep part. La, give it a la, name. La, steep one. La subida. I named it the Scion, which I, I heard somebody use that. The Scion? Yeah. All right, the Scion. Did anyone ride the Scion? No, no, Ah, he did. He did it completely. You rode it? Yes. Yes. Oh, very good. He's the man. Uh, no. Trebian? Trebian's French. No, Trebian's French. Muy bien. Muy bien. Gracias. Thank you. Thank you. Excellent. Very good. He was about to fall down. What's that? At the end of the hill, he was about to fall down. But he made it. He made it. He made it. Are you on a mountain bike? Is he on a mountain bike? Oh, he had a gravel bike. Wow, that's impressive. All right, well, that wraps up our show with uh, one, two, three. Are you from Mexico? I'm from Mexico, yeah. What's your name? Did I get your name? Mauricio, too. Mauricio. So we got four. Ah, muy bien, muy bien, muy bien. But I didn't, I didn't ride. You didn't ride? Dig it. That's all right. You're still welcome here in uh, Sweetwater, Texas, anytime. Uh, that wraps up our conversation with four Mexican and a guy from Dallas. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> hey, man, we are sitting at the finish line of the Rattlesnake Gravel Grind 2023. Dude, how long have you been sitting here? Wait. What's your name and where are you from? Okay, so my name's Tyler Jackson. I'm originally from Dodge City, Kansas, but for the last 17 years I've called Manhattan, Kansas my home. Nice, what are you doing here? We're in Sweetwater, Texas. So I consider myself to be a professional gravel bike race announcer. Oh, okay. As fun as that sounds, but um, I'm, I'm nine hours from home, so it must mean, mean a little bit of something. <laughs> you're nine hours from home? Does that mean you're nine hours from 7.30 this morning when this race started? We are 9 hours and 12 minutes and 29 seconds from the beginning of the race. So, yeah, we're basically halfway home, Trey. That's what we are. But halfway home. What do you expect the last place to come in? Have you heard? 6 o'clock? Yeah. In the morning? <laughs> what time is it now? 4.30? Yeah, 4.48. So, yeah, they got a good solid hour left. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with Red Dirt Race Management, and it's kind of fun. It started off as... 2016, they came to me. I used to be on the radio in Manhattan. I did the morning radio show for the country station there, B1047, and Trey came, uh, or Trey and his business partner, Ben, asked me, said, hey, do you want to be the announcer for the Bill Snyder Highway Half Marathon? 
And I was like, what do I have to do? He said, just read sponsor reads, just type everybody up before the, the race, and then just say people's names as they come through. Well, I went out, did it, jived with everybody. Come to find out I'm good at pronunciating names. Oh, okay. And that, that's kind of where my, my money was made. After that, I've been doing all the races for Manhattan Running Company, and that ended up being... Was it 35 races in six different states last year? Oh, wow. Including the Big Sugar Gravel, Gravel Worlds, Gravel Locos, both of those in Heiko and Pueblo. And then also I got Unbound this year. Wow, dude, you are legit. Yeah. I mean, at least I think so. I'm going to be the second announcer for Unbound, so. That's awesome. Let me ask you a question. How long have you been sitting here today? Uh, I have been, I've been walking around because I had a rattlesnake exhibition. That, oh, I had yeah. to go check that out. I got spit on. Look at that. I actually got spit on by a rattlesnake. Oh, you did? I can see it. Oh, dude, that's, I mean, that's almost scary, isn't it? I, I, I mean, it was because I thought I was going to pass away, and I even told Trey instructions for my funeral. I called my girlfriend to tell her goodbye and take care of my, my bulldog. <laughs> I have an 80-pound bulldog named Happy, and he's my pride and joy. said, he's yours. Take care of him. Uh, but then state trooper, Texas state trooper, public safety officer came up and said, you know what? Good thing that snake's venomous instead of poisonous. You'll be all right. Uh, and my kidneys enough. immediately start, stopped hurting. My vision came back. <laughs> Man, I just can't well, believe it. I, I think you better wash that shirt before your bulldog like licks it clean, though, don't you? It depends on whether or not Kansas State actually beats Florida Atlantic tonight in the Elite Eight. They're playing, they're playing in 29 minutes. Uh, in 29 minutes, I'll tell you whether or not I'll ever wash this jersey again. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, God, Florida Atlantic. How'd that happen? Ah, uh, that was a that was that was a sidebar. They had 34 wins this year, so it's a legit team. Dang, that is legit. Uh, so I have one more. This is a race question. Of course. You've been sitting here on and off since. Uh, it was. Uh, se- I mean, the race started at 7:30 on the dot. We got to the finish line. It was, it was about six when we got here. Um, so do you remember what happened at time number four hours and 36 minutes? Four hours and 36 minutes. So that would have been. Right at noon, little afternoon. Little afternoon, little little afternoon. It's like 12, 13 or so. Um, the first tandem. Oh yeah, the uh, it was D and David. Gosh, I'm close. D and David. Um, wow, if you get this, I'm super. Mabel. Impressed. Oh man, let's dude, go! You just won the lottery. I don't know what you was won. Was that you? Yeah, you understand? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Dude, I gotta go find something for you. What do you yeah, want? Yeah, you gave you gave me a bike talk with Dave sticker. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> tell, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm a professional gra- gravel bike race announcer because I pay attention. You remember to stuff. It. You remember names. That's impressive. Yep. I yep. love it. I love it. And which te- technically Dee was technically the third woman to cross the line. You know, I, we they didn't have a tandem category, and we're yep. like, listen, she's not racing as a woman, but they're like, nope, nope here's her number. I'm like, all right, just know that we're racing tandem. Uh, as a matter of fact, the girl who got second in the women's race in the uh, 60 miler, we only did the 60 miler. Um, you say only. It was a pretty It, it was, was a, a hard year. year. Yeah, it was for sure a hard year. Um, I, I'm like, I don't want my wife, D to be like her competitor. I want her to know that she's not <laughs> racing D. For so, sure. Yeah, I'm glad you got that right, and I'm glad we're counted as tandem because we were tandem. And I remembered your name. You did. I'm super impressed. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I had no idea that was you. I know you didn't. That's... I mean, you're just the Iowa State guy I chatted with earlier because you mentioned I'm wearing a, again. I'm wearing a lavender, a bright lavender Kansas State basketball jersey. You can't miss me from anybody in the crowd. No doubt. And no we were doubt. just chatting about Iowa State, Kansas State, and uh, I had no idea. That's yeah. awesome. And four hours and 36 minutes, like you remembered. <laughs> I'm super impressed. Next year, you have to ask me what your time was. I. I <laughs> 
I bet I get pretty damn close with it. Fair enough, fair enough. Or if I see you at uh, Unbound or yeah. Gravel Worlds or something. Yep, so we've yeah, got... totally making the circuit. That's coming, awesome. Coming up this season left, uh, just off the top of my head, we've got Gravel Locos at Heiko, Texas. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Then we've got Gravel... Then we've got Unbound. Yep. And then we've got... We will have Steamboat Gravel in there. Ooh. We've got We've got Bleeding July. Kansas in July also. That's in Manhattan, Kansas. Check that out, bleedingkansas.com. Um... Uh, then we've got the what's the one in Fort Collins called? We've got a gravel bike race in Fort Collins. That'd be worth going to. Yeah. Then we've got Steamboat is the weekend before Gravel Worlds. Then we have Gravel Worlds, and then in October we've got Vic Sugar, Benville, oh, Arkansas. Nice. Yeah, I love and Rad Dirt. Oh yeah, Rad Dirt and Trinidad. Uh, oh gravel, shoot, gravel shoot, how did I forget about those? Yeah, oh, Gravel Locos yeah, and Pueblo. Yeah, yeah. We got so many. I mean, we have so many, and we had we were at Mid South oh, two weeks that's ago. Great. You guys are like doing the circuit. Hey, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Dave, thank you. Can I touch him? Real dry. They are real dry. Yeah. I mean, those in the freaking desert, so yeah, they should be. They should run. So you see that yellow stuff coming off his lip? That's the, that's the venom. You don't want that in your body, do you? No. Wow. You don't want to Holy cow. <laughs> I got a picture of his face. He drove all the way from Iowa? Just to see you hold this snake. Oh, really? You'll have to come back for the roundup. Have you ever been bit? No, sir. No, sir? Nice. No, don't want to get bit. No, you do not want to get bit. I've been doing it a long, long time, too. That don't mean it's not going to happen. Do you remember the first time you held a snake? How long ago? Got a picture of it. You do? How long ago was that? I do the roundup every year. Yeah. This is my 45th roundup. Oh, my. Yes, I've been doing a long How many do you round up? Uh, we about 5,000 every year. Yeah. We had as many as 25,000. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so that's crazy. Crazy. That is crazy. We had 19,000 one year, 15,000 one year, you know. But we had 25. We set a record in '84 of most snakes ever ever brought in at a roundup. We had nearly 19,000. Then we broke that record four years ago with 25,000. Where do you get them? Where are they all? They're all in these hills. All around here. All these big rolling hills around here. They're all in these hills. How do you find them? Just walk along the walk along the cliffs. Go up in front of the cliff, and they'll be laying out on a day like today. They'll be laying out catching the sun. And you have to be quiet. They don't hear you talking, but he hears your footprint. Oh, they like feel it? Yeah, they feel it. The yeah. vibration. So let me ask you this. We're riding our bikes through them hills you just talked about. Do we need to worry about them? You'll see them every once in a while. Yeah. Every once in a while, I've run them. I, I used to run dirt bikes across those hills. I'd run over them on the back every once in a while. You would. And you don't really want to because sometimes it'll flip them up on you. For sure. Better to just dodge them. Yeah. If you see them. If you see them. Wow, you're a brave man. No, it's just it's doable. Something doable. So. Yeah, not for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, you could learn. I mean, it's a learning experience. I didn't want to do it when I first started either. But I believe you. you know, but believe you just kind of get more comfortable with it. But you never want to think about the fact of a, a venomous animal that will bite you. Right, right. I've held a garter snake before. Oh, we have them at the Roundup a lot. Do you? Yeah, we get them to show people. In Texas, there's 150 species of non-venomous snakes oh, wow. in Texas. And we like them. We want everybody to like them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Well, you're doing a good job there. Thank you. Don't get bit. Them fangs are legit. Yeah. You know, he breaks these off. He can move them one to the other. They're not connected. 
and that buckler connected to the venom sack. But when he hits a little animal, a lot of times when that animal jumps, it'll break the fangs off in the animal. Oh. And you can see the tips. See right there in the roof of his mouth? That's another set and another set and another set. Oh, so they just move to the outside they and become the new set? New fangs. So kind of like a shark. Exactly. They shed them. Huh, like interesting. It. Yeah. So you Is can't... he pissed off at you right now? Oh, yeah. Really yeah. pissed off. He's not very happy. No. He's not rattling his thing. Yeah, he's he knows he's caught right now. And right there in the bottom of his throat, he's got a little tube. His tongue comes out of that tube, uh, like a straw. So when they swallow an animal, it'll close their throat off for a while. When it, yeah, jumpy. Yeah, I do the same thing. Was it? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, when it closes his throat off, he breathes through that uh, little straw where his tongue is. That, oh, and that's how he like smells stuff. No, yeah, he smells yeah. stuff too, through the tongue. Yeah, it's kind of wow. crazy. Yeah, they do that too. They'll spit all over you. Yeah, I don't want him to spit all over me. They have a musk. And that's what he does. He puts a musk out to keep some animals from biting him. Oh. Yeah, it's kind of a musk. Kind of like a skunk. So you smell that musk. You know a rattlesnake is near. So you stay away from that musk because you might get bit. Yeah. And so I can, that's their defense. I've done it so long. I can go around those dens. I can smell the dens because I've smelled oh, the Oh, the musk. Huh. A lot of people can't, but even some of the hunters can't, but I can always smell it. I'm usually pretty sure there's stuff in that game. Wow. Dude, that's crazy. That's legit. Crazy, crazy. Nice to meet you. David King. Can I say King David, or is that over? Have we overplayed that? <laughs> Call me what you want. You slayed Goliath <laughs> this weekend, man. What a great... I mean, we're not even done. Like, I'm getting ready to go down and listen to some music. I've had some awesome food a couple of beers some athletic brewing like great beers i haven't had yet did you get any of the mezcal that was brought from the gentleman from san patusi uh that's the danger zone man <laughs> <laughs> that's the danger zone our uh, our friends from uh, mexico yeah um so here we are the uh, cows have come home today right how you feeling uh, it was such a good event. It's so nice to see everybody come out, and uh, we just had so much fun today. It's, I don't know. It's nice to see it grow so much from last year to this year, and uh, we look forward to 2024. So I, I kept saying, really all weekend, like all the pieces are in place for this to be a marquee event. Is that your dream? It's it's all about helping the community. Uh, you know. Our goal is to help out the five volunteer fire departments, which the trickle down is it helps the farms and ranches. And, you know, we're able to cross over about a dozen ranches today, and it means a lot to a lot of the people around here. If it grows into a big event, that's great. If it stays where it's at, that's great too. As long as, you know, we can keep helping people out, that's really what it's, you know, the main goal of the whole thing. Well, I like I said, I feel like all the pieces are in place. This has been a great, welcoming community. Um, your kids are here, uh, which is awesome. The, boys, the yeah. whole weekend, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, snakes and a great course. Can I ask you about that course? Because you, I mean, you grew up here, right? Yes, sir. I was born and raised here. I, my wife asked me before we climbed up that second big hill. What'd you call it? Scion Hill. To Scion, yes, sir. To Scion, yes, sir. Where'd you get that name? Um, it means like God's holy place. Like it's a uh, but, you know, it's a family place. Uh, 
I spent a lot of time on that hill growing up. It just means a lot to me and uh, something we cherish. So, uh, it, it is a fitting name for a, really a challenging hill. But, but as we're heading up into that, uh, we're taking back roads. And I, I said it was like uh, uh, equal parts Wisconsin Fire Road, equal parts Iowa Gravel, and equal parts Leadville Rocky Climbs. And uh, she's like, God, oh, how did, like, where did this come from? I'm like, David grew up here. I can picture him, like, riding horses or motorcycles on all of these roads. How did you come up with this course? It's awesome. Uh, I was born and raised here. Uh, spent a lot of time hunting and fishing and camping and of course riding bikes on all this territory. Uh, a lot of my friends own the ranches around and so when we designed the outlay of the course, uh, you know, I was calling up friends and family members and uh, once I said it was something to benefit the volunteer fire departments, everybody was really behind it. Uh, really nobody had any objection to it. I, I believe I told you this before. I called up Fabian Seralta on a Monday. He said I'll be there on Thursday. I designed the routes within like 24 hours, and that was including making the phone calls to all the farmers, ranchers, uh, all the land that we crossed. Uh, there was private property. You know, we didn't have to get any anything for the public, but uh, it was designed very quickly, and everybody got behind it in a short period of time, and so. It was neat to see it, what it brought in last year. It's it's very comforting to see what it brought in the second year. So, well, well done. Uh, any different plans for next year, or like push repeat? Um, you know, on the back side of the RGG 110 mile route, there was some pavement um, into the Happy Valley Shep area uh, that wasn't paved. Not too long ago, I grew up. It was all um, all gravel roads. Um, I'm going to look at some different routes next year to see about making it more gravel and taking out some of that pavement on the back end. Uh, we want to increase the percentage of gravel as much as possible. I know that's what people are out here for. Um, we want to keep it special to the area and, and keep it on the private property because those ranches they look at it as a way of supporting the volunteer fire departments if they open their ranch up to allow them to come across and so it means something to the farmers and ranchers to have those cyclists come across um, I don't know we'll see how it all plays out I've already made contacts with some guys about tuning up next year's route I think there's always it's always going to be dynamic about how to figure out what next year is going to be uh, we're already planning we're hoping to stick with the fourth weekend in march once again there's nothing concrete about that uh, we just kind of got to roll with the punches to see how everything else plays out so see speaking of special places i saw a big k on a mountainside tell me about that k so my dad growing up uh, his family spent a lot of time vacationing in mexico and in mexico they brand everything they they put their family name on the side of the hill and uh, so my dad brought that back and I think he was 13 years old whenever he uh, started that little project he, he turned 79 later on this year 
and it's cool to see because that's kind of a monument to our family, monument to him. Um, you know, he's like I said, he's getting older, but he's still a hard worker, very strong man for his age. And uh, anyway, that's pretty cool. It's cool, cool to see. Cool to and see. And that's uh, like your family ranch. Family ranch. Uh, my family settled in that area. Uh, I believe Dad told me in 1878. Um, you know, for some reason, we hadn't left, and and I think it's attractive to everybody else that's been out here. Everybody else seems to enjoy it, and, and it's like God cut it out of somewhere else in the world and just placed it there. Mulberry Canyon's a special place to a lot of people around here. A lot of people just like driving or riding their motorcycles down through that area, and. Uh, Anyway, it's just a pretty area for everyone. So. It is a pretty area. I loved riding through it. It's yeah. gorgeous to ride through. So yeah. thanks for inviting us. Well, thank you for coming down, man. Yeah, you bet. We, we sure appreciate it. I had it such a great time. Yeah, uh, us too. Keep it up, man. And that's a wrap from our trip to Texas and the Rattlesnake Gravel Grind. I can't thank David King and the rest of the Sweetwater JCs for hosting this year's event and inviting D&I down to participate. It was made even sweeter that our kids were able to join us and sweeter yet for all the new friends we made. It was a great weekend and it is on the highly recommended list from now on. Rattlesnakes and all. You can check out all the details and be sure and add your name to the start list at rattlesnakegravelgrind.bike. And I can't thank you enough for listening. If you enjoy these conversations, I would welcome you to rate and review on your favorite pod service. Please consider subscribing so you don't miss an episode. And if you really dig it and you want to support the show and maybe help me buy a new microphone, please consider throwing a few bucks our way at buymeacoffee.com. There's a link in the show notes. Or if it's easier for you, just shoot a Venmo to David-Mabel. When you do, we would love to send you a sticker. I'd also like to thank Chain and Spoke Coffee for supporting the show. You can order beans for home brewing now at chainandspoke.com. And I certainly look forward to the opening of the retail coffee and bike shop very soon. And that will also be the home of the new Bike Talk with Dave studio in Des Moines. Next up for us is the Gents Race, a 100K gravel ride for teams of five. After that, the Trofeo Sabato Santo on April 8th, where we'll be racing our skinny tires in a circuit race in Des Moines. Then on April 29th, we'll be joining the Iowa Gravel Gang and hopefully many of you in Northeast Iowa for the Driftless 100. That's a beautiful gravel ride through the Driftless Hills starting in El Cater. Plan to spend the weekend. You can register today at driftlessgravel.com. We certainly have some fun episodes coming up in the months ahead. We'll be talking about the Iditarod Trail Invitational, Ragbri, and so much more. Thanks again for listening and I hope you have a great week. And we're going to play you out with a song from Backroads West, a group from just south of Sweetwater who entertained us after we were roaming the backroads of West Texas on our bikes. Papa time again. I just got